0: Hey beautiful people, welcome to MJAC Conversations. It's our midweek podcast where we open up about Sunday's message and share your stories about the ways we're staying connected and caring for one another in this unprecedented time of isolation. I'm your host, Rachel Reynolds, and our guests today are Brian Westedge, board game and Bible nerd, Hashtag girl dad, uh, chair of our MJAC board, adjunct professor over at the Briarcrest Bible College and various other things. You've seen him emceeing our live stream services. He's the one with the little goatee. We're gonna identify everybody by their facial hair today. Nice. Uh, and our other guest is uh, Brad Verhain, um, who gave the message this Sunday. And Brad is uh, a captain and you said a chaplain in training. With the Canadian military? That's correct. That's correct. His very handsome um, beard that you can't see from here, sort of salt and pepper. Um, I I don't have any facial hair, just to to clarify that for our listeners. Um, And Brad's also uh, the husband of Melissa and a dad of Four Amazing Girls. Uh, So hi guys, welcome to the show.
1: Thanks. Yeah, thanks.
0: Now don't, like, don't get excited all at once. (laughs) Woo! (laughs) <laughs> wow. Okay, help us. Uh, we're used
2: to dad jokes that just fall flat, and we're comfortable with the awkward silence. <laughs> so,
0: <laughs> I got it. Okay. Okay. I'm going to roll with it. Um, so it's Wednesday, April 22. This is week six of isolation here in Saskatchewan. Uh, tell me about what your world looks like right now.
2: Uh, you know... I've been looking around and I know that there's a wide variety of experiences that people are having. Some people are having their life slow down. But, you know, part of the many titles that I hold, one of them is the director of online education for Briarcrest. And so being a guy involved in online education in this world means that my life got a whole lot busier. Right. Um, So I feel like I feel like I'm scrambling to find time to breathe in in the world right now
0: let alone play Catan, Cities and Nights.
2: Well, these are, these are things we force ourselves to do. <laughs> I force myself to, to kind of stop every once in a while and remember that I've got a family that I'm isolating with and that there's a world outside of either the church or the school, right. both taking up a, a fair amount of my time.
0: So are you primarily working from home or are you over at the breakfast? Yeah, building? I've
2: got a nice little studio that's set up in my bedroom. I drape a, drape a sheet across the back so that you can't see, you know, whether I made my bed in the morning or not. <laughs> I've got some lamps and cameras set up so uh, I actually taught a full week course from there and set up the the studio that way and then I've just set up there as my normal home office since then.
0: Wow and I, I understand Janice, your wife, is working from home as well? She
2: also is, she's got a little set up in the kitchen so okay. she only works mornings usually for Briarcrest so she's there till noon and once the kids you know, mosey into the kitchen to start making lunch that's her signal to to stop her day.
0: And your three girls are all doing school from home as well.
2: They're doing school and they're doing their piano lessons and uh, they insist on practicing their trombone and uh, <laughs> guitar and clarinet and mm. it's, it's, uh, it's a nice little trailer in Caronport. So it's cramped and it's uh, loud and distracting at times, but I'm glad I love my family. I, I'd still take a second bathroom, but, but, but right. so far we're doing okay with the space.
0: <laughs> okay. Okay. Brad, what about you?
1: Yeah, for myself, uh, I've been a full-time student of the seminary out at Briarcrest for the past uh, year and a half. And uh, since, you know, we've gone into isolation, we've uh, basically just switched all of our classes that would have been in-person to online classes. So I'm, I'm still continuing with my full-time studies there and just have the uh, added hat, I guess, of uh, getting to homeschool the kids. Right. Uh Part time while, while Melissa's doing her work as well.
0: So. What age are your girls? Uh, the five. oldest
1: one's gonna turn 10 in a week from today. And then we have a nine, or a, well, I guess she's not nine yet, she's eight, uh, seven, and five.
0: So grades five, four, uh, three in kindergarten?
1: Close, four, three, one, and then pre K.
0: Oof, wow. Yeah. yeah. So Melissa's working from home as well, or is she in her office somewhat?
1: Uh, She's in her office somewhat just because um, she's uh, uh, doing counseling. So um, she needs a little bit more privacy uh, than our home can offer. So uh, she's able to work from an office uh, here at the church that um, she's able to maintain isolation and and the social distancing from others as well um, and still have the privacy that she needs to do her work.
0: Yeah, there's not a lot of people around in the building.
1: Right, and all of the counseling that uh, they're doing right now is uh, by secure, um, you know, meetings on- online.
0: Online platforms. So. Interesting. Okay. Uh, well, I too live in a in a little trailer, but I have a second bathroom, and I thank the Lord for that. Um, Hashtag have...
2: totes jelly.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I have uh, two kids at home who are. Um, Grade seven and grade six, and they're that, at that age where they're in the, the first two, three weeks were a little rough, but we're at the place now where, um, you know, at nine in the morning they open their laptops and they get online and they watch the YouTube video that their teacher made of their math lesson and they sit down to their work. And a lot of that they're doing independently now, which is a, is a relief uh, for me. My husband manages uh, Christian Horizons uh, care homes uh, for people who experience disabilities. Um, and so his role became much more urgent um, in the in especially in the first three weeks as he was you know, trying to train people on a new protocol and gathering PPE. Um, so he's working mostly from home and I've discovered that he is a he's a phone pacer. So if he's on a phone meeting, like, he's in every room. Like, he's, he's just talking urgently into the phone, and I'm just like, pick a room. Like, can I have one room that, that you don't walk into if you're on a phone call? <laughs> uh, my space that can be where I can do my own work is uh, our bedroom. So like you, Brian, except I don't have a desk in there. I just have to sit on my bed oh. and do my work. I don't have a laptop, so I'm trying to, like, do my emails and stuff on my phone. Um... Constant interruption is my life now. Trevor, I thought we said turn off our notifications. <laughs> Hi, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> Trevor DeVries is also here as our producer, and uh, he has a, a shaggy or sort of longer beard. It gets longer every day. There's no salt and pepper in it yet, but that'll come. That'll come. Uh wow. Well, so that's my, that's my world right now. Schooling from home. I'm not getting any work done from home. Um, if I, oh, I forgot to introduce myself. So if I was going to introduce myself right now, I'm a mom, I'm a writer, I'm a gardener, and I'm a rookie sourdough maker. So failed my second sourdough loaf, succeeded on one. Gave some starter to my friend. She lit her oven on fire today trying to make that sourdough loaf. It's amazing. We're thinking of starting a sourdough fails uh, Facebook page because all our friends are posting these beautiful pictures of these beautiful loaves. And we're just like, no, this is not easy. And I don't know if it's fun. I'm waiting to find out.
2: The ongoing saga.
0: <laughs> so if we make a loaf and don't light anything on fire. I mean, we're going to call that a success. Absolutely. So, uh, guys, how are you staying connected with the people outside of your family household these days? We see some people a lot, and then, and then others, like, hardly at all.
2: Yeah, so my world of interaction has just become uh, really small. Um, I know, you know, the first couple weeks we were isolating then we were super intentional about getting on zoom calls and video chatting and and i have a, a sister-in-law who's who's very extroverted and she would be like facetiming all the time and just and and we were super concerned and 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 after a couple of weeks like zoom fatigue kicked in yeah and i find that because my world has gotten busier with extra work i'm finding myself in a lot of kind of video conference meetings now and if I get out of my home office and I kind of come back into the real world, like I don't want to talk to anybody else. I feel like that uh, pressure to be engaged and be intentional about engagement has become a burden that I'm and a little bit- it is more work. Like yeah.
0: connecting through a screen, I'm so grateful for the te- technology that we have, but like you can't really meet each other's eyes properly. If the other person is, seems to be looking in your eyes, they're not, they're looking at the camera. And so they're not experiencing looking into your eyes. Like just the exhaustion of trying to make a personal and vulnerable connection with someone through a screen. It's real. It's not the same. (laughs)
2: And we know that so much of communication happens non-verbally, but they don't happen visually the same way on a screen as they do in person. And so we're constantly having to try and learn a new method of communication. And it's exhausting. Yeah. So I have found that there are a couple people that I try and engage with. Uh, and because we live in Caronport and we have a little bit of freedom, and particularly the last few days, the weather's gotten quite a bit nicer, where we've done things like a porch chat yeah. or or uh, yesterday, you know, Jeremy Zacharias and I wanted to have a conversation. And so we just... Walk through Karenport, and I walked on one half. It's Karenport, so you can walk down the middle of the road. That's just normal, right? So one walks on the sidewalk, <laughs> and one walks down the middle of the road, and we're what good. What
0: sidewalk are you talking about? We have a sidewalk?
2: We walked past the school.
0: Oh, I see. There was one sidewalk.
2: There was a <laughs> sidewalk.
0: <laughs> Small town Saskatchewan has got to be the best place to be isolating right now. Like. Yeah. We used to joke with our kids, and Logan brought this up last night, my husband, that uh, this would be the best place to survive a zombie apocalypse, and he said, remember when we used to joke about how this was the best place to survive a zombie apocalypse? Like, we were not wrong. I was like, ooh, that's real. (laughs) What about you, Brad? How are you staying connected with people outside your family?
1: Uh, Outside of my immediate family, I mean, um, with my parents back in Ontario, we we usually connect via, uh, FaceTime. And we, we found this new app called Caribou where the kids are able to, um, meet with them on a video conference and they can read cool. stories together and, and, uh, color together and play games through that. So that was a, that was kind of a neat discovery. And then, uh, actually I've been connecting more with my siblings now, uh, by, uh, virtual meetings than I had prior to, right. uh, Covid, so that's been kind of neat we've been connecting by zoom and then playing games through uh jackbox tv uh, there's some okay. there's some cool games that you can play uh through that and and so that's it's been nice actually to connect uh, that way and we usually talk for a little bit and then have a game and and uh, we're doing that every week so it's been
0: good oh cool well, I mean, all jokes about sourdough aside, what that project did do for, for my friends is uh, gave us a little project that we're all, like, trying and, and failing and laughing about together. So I got the starter from one girlfriend of mine, and she had got it from another mutual friend. Um, and, and my friend Steph McLeod said, well, I want some once you've got that figured out. And so I spent some time figuring it out. And um, we have a home group uh, called The Table, And I mean, we haven't met or done anything intentional in six weeks. Um, and it's taken me some time to figure out, well, even just have the emotional energy to like organize Mm. something we use. We're used to meeting for a meal in someone's home and that that's some work, but it feels like less work than organizing some kind of an online meeting. Mm. So what we're trying for the first time this weekend is a zoom dinner party. So there'll be, uh, five or six screens on our laptop screen, we'll sit the laptop on our on our dinner table. I'm guessing the menu will be soup and bread like it normally is, um, but we'll only have one kind of soup. But what I've done is I have I have yeast still and now I have the sourdough starter. So everybody who wants to make a loaf of bread for their family for when we break bread for communion, they can get some starter for me in the instructions or they can get the yeast and So we're all like attempting to bake these Artisanal loaves together, and that's kind of it's cool. It's kind of a bonding experience to try that all together. We'll see how it actually goes through the screen, but um, it's given me ex- an excuse to visit those people on their porches and you know pass out whatever it is they need for the bread. And um, I'll let you know next week how that how that all went.
1: Absolutely, our our small group was able to eat uh, sorry meet together for the uh, first time last night, and halfway through our meeting, our power went out. So. Oh, wow. One of the the challenges of meeting virtually, I guess, is when the power goes out, your your meeting's kind of done. The
0: meeting is now over. (laughs) 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 Wow. Uh, Well, folks out there uh, listening, we want to hear your stories of how you're staying connected uh, with your friends or your small group or your extended family during this time of isolation. So um, we'd love to be sharing those stories through our podcasts in the coming weeks. You can call Ashton at the MJAC church office. Brian, do you know the number off the top of your head?
2: I know it ends at 4616. Yeah, 6924616. That's the one. There
0: we go. There we go. Uh, You can email the church office at office uh, at mjack.org. You can just Facebook message me directly at Rachel Runnels. My last name is R-U-N-N-A-L-L-S. Uh, We'd love to share your stories uh, in the weeks to come. Well, let's talk about the Ephesians series that we started via live stream this past Sunday. Um, Brian, can you tell us a little bit about how that series came together?
2: Sure. So over the past season, we've really kind of dug into the idea of a preaching team. It's been something that we've been trying to do for a number of years with various levels of a success. But... Uh, I think we really kind of hit a new level as we started in January into our series on Matthew. Right. And uh, as we came out of that, we had our Matthew series. We got into the Easter season. We did some stuff on Lent. And we felt that coming out of our Lent series, we wanted to come back into another biblical uh, book. You know, we, we think that kind of running these series where we alternate between going to a book of the Bible and seeing what God has to speak to us in a particular book and then maybe doing something more topical for a season and then going back to another book of the Bible and kind of alternating up the kinds of preaching we're doing is, is something that we just as a team together thought would be a a nice way of breaking up and, and deciding on how we move forward with series. So, so really the question as we met together was what book, um, what book is speaking to us right now? And for myself, you know, I I adopt a phrase that I learned from one of my Bible college profs, which is my favorite book of the Bible is the one that I've been spending time in recently. Right. <laughs> and so uh, I knew that I've been spending a lot of time in Paul's letters, and particularly um, Paul's prison letters that uh, were were really speaking to me. And on top of that, as we looked around at some of our small groups, we knew that that was. Uh, The book of Ephesians is a place that several of our small groups have also been looking at in a recent season. So as we thought about what made sense um, in terms of going to a book where it's our favorite because it's where we've been spending time, uh, Ephesians just kind of stood out to us uh, among a few different options. I mean, we looked, of course, we recently did the Gospel of Matthew and we did, you know, 28 chapters in eight weeks. There was a ton of really great material that hit the cutting room floor and if you listen to that series, you probably heard us say, There's so much more, but I don't have time to get to it. And we right. thought about doing another series on Matthew, just picking up the best pieces that, you know, the beef the B side of our Matthew series. Right. Um, but but I, I think the the idea of Paul's letters and particularly that they're letters that are written at a distance, um, really spoke to to us as a team. So so then it became a, a matter of me many, many, many Ephesians
0: so tell me a little bit about the team like who who's who's emerged as being part of that
2: yeah so um, as we as we kind of shifted into January of course through the fall we had Kevin Fawcett here uh, who is doing about half of our preaching
0: um, he was here as an interim as an intern pastor, pastor. Right?
2: Mm-hmm. yeah uh, and and we've been since january without an interim pastor can
0: you get the date january like 2020
2: yeah january 2020 okay oh that's the you're looking for a year
0: yeah well because this is going to linger online for years people today. are going to be coming back to this people, resource in years it's decades yeah. it's a classic that we're making here. okay
2: so, so january 2020 <laughs> uh we're currently in april uh we've been without a lead pastor at this church or an interim uh kind of lead position so, but we also knew that we had some some particular commitments as a church. So uh, Brad is studying for military chaplaincy. We have another uh, gentleman, Paul Reimer, who's studying uh, for military chaplaincy. Uh, we have students who are part of Briarcrest who are attending our church, who are doing ministry degrees and looking for their local church to be a place of developing ministry skills. And one of those skills in, in any kind of Christian ministry program is, is the skill of preaching. So, so... And some
0: of those students, I just want to chip in. They've been, they've served as pastors at other churches, uh, and they went to Bible college because of that experience and wanting to build in that in that skill set.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And so out of that, we knew that we had a team of people who were invested in preaching um, and needing skill development internship kind of opportunities. So that would be guys like Brad and Paul. We have uh, Tristan. Um, Daniel Nelson, um, and and so as we looked at kind of those people who have been doing a, a lot of the heavy lifting in our preaching in the last season, we we also said, well, who who else in our church has giftings that we want to see developed? And and of course, uh, also who else in our church is just not represented from the front of our stage? You and mean so, who's
0: not who's not you know male and largely white?
2: Yeah, well, that's certainly part of the equation. <laughs> Right. I think if we looked at the team that, that was kind of the core as we started, it was, it was a pretty singular demographic. Uh, of course we had Tristan in there and there's a, there's a racial ethnic diversity that comes with him, but gender wise, we were pretty, we were pretty male.
0: And that's, I feel like that's not the heartbeat of where, where your local church, uh, you know, feels the spirit gifts people. Like you you feel like all people have these gifts
2: Yeah. And and I think one of the things that we've recognized is that there is a pattern, you know, our kind of default settings are going to be that we're, we're putting men up on the stage. That's kind of the default pattern. And so we wanted to be intentional about saying if we're an egalitarian church, if we're not intentionally egalitarian, then by default,
0: Hmm.
2: we're not egalitarian. Wow. And so... And so we thought it was really important that we that we added some female voices. We wanted to also kind of expand the age range. We know that you know some of the ideas of development mean that we look at younger generations that we often have discounted in the past and tried to say, is there people with giftings there that we could invite and try to develop giftings? And so that's where people like yourself, Rachel.
0: I'm um, not one of the younger generation, just to be clear.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Again, going back to the widening out, uh, you know, Ruth Ann, who spoke here a couple of weeks ago, right. and, uh, and my own daughter Tanisha have kind of risen out of, of that kind of process of trying to seek to, to widen the, the representation on our preaching team. Uh, as people who we recognize are outside of that kind of middle aged white guy demographic,
0: which, but, we love you guys, okay? Yeah. Just to be clear, we don't have a problem with middle-aged white guys, but I'm but, not one of them. And, <laughs>
2: and, and and to be clear from my side of the equation, we're not just adding diversity for the sake of diversity. We're adding diversity of people that we're recognizing giftings in mm. that we want to have a an opportunity to be benefiting from, the like the church to benefit from a wide range of people that God has gifted. And so it's I, I don't think we're looking just to be diverse for the sake of diversity, but we're wanting to say God has given gifts to a wide range of people within our body, and we do ourselves a disservice if we're not developing those gifts.
0: Hmm. Wow. That's profound. I didn't know we were going to go down that rabbit trail today, but that was a good one. Um, Brad, let's let's go to you. When you introduced this series a couple weeks ago, I think it was you. I remember somebody saying from stage... Was one of our middle-aged white guys with beards? <laughs> could be you. Could be Jeremy. Um, you said Ephesians was a letter from isolation about what it means to be the church, and it sounded like that would preach. Do, do you remember? Was that you? Do you remember that?
1: Uh, I uh, something like that. I remember discussions about that I think it may have been uh, Jeremy that made that comment on stage but sorry Jeremy
0: we'll hear from you another week his
1: his beard is the longest of the beards he's got he's got a good one I'm a little (laughs) little jealous (laughs) but uh, I mean yeah Paul wrote the uh, the letter of Ephesians when he was imprisoned and uh, separated from the people of Ephesus and uh, I think in our current reality of being separated from loved ones we can identify with maybe some of that uh, sentiment, and I think that was maybe part of the uh, decision process of choosing to go into the book of Ephesians right now as well.
0: Yeah, there's, there's stuff in there that's going to speak to this time in particular. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Um, this week you opened our series uh, with your message on Ephesians 1, and folks, if you want to recap that or listen to it again, um, it's on our website. What's the website?
2: mjack.org
0: mjack.org and
2: you go to i think is it just called live streams? it's called live streams just click the link for live streams and you should see a whole database of previous messages including the really excellent one brad preached on sunday
0: so if you want to just refresh your memory about all the beards that we have seen over the last months they are there um so brad you made some powerful connections to the experience that many of us are having right now Um, As we moved into isolation, we lost some of the main sources of our identity. Like we lost our jobs or relationships with our coworkers. We lost relationships with friends that we maybe identified ourselves uh, with. We lost our identity as students. A couple of people among us like graduated this weekend with no graduation. Like that's a major blow to a, a way that you've defined yourself as a person for years. And then just it's gone. That, that that identification piece is just gone. And I really resonated with your encouragement to find our identity and who God says we are. Uh, Brian, do you want to chip in here? Were there any highlights of the message for you?
2: Yeah, so I, I just agree completely. I think that opening piece, as we talked about it, Brad, as you talked about um the ways that our identity is rooted in so many things that have been taken away from us in this season, or that we're we're experiencing loss in, uh, it just highlighted the reality. Uh, often that message falls a bit flat because we don't recognize how much we invest ourselves in those things. Yeah, because they become when they're
0: all active and working. When they're all and active acting. and they're just
2: part of normal life, <laughs> but all of a sudden they've been taken away, and we realize there's this grieving, mm-hmm. and then we call out that oh man, I have invested a piece of my identity there. And that causes me to really evaluate what scripture calls us to place our identity in Christ and realize yeah. all the ways that I haven't done that. And I think that that, that message that starts in Ephesians 1, and, and you highlighted that, um, really, really kind of hit home in this season because we recognize a loss of something that we didn't really want to acknowledge how much of our identity was rooted in these things when it was just normal life.
0: What about you, Brad? What what was stood out as the highlights for the message for you?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, uh, particularly as I was doing my prep for for preaching this past Sunday, and uh, you know, studying through the book of Ephesians, Ephesians one in particular, and then uh, reading different commentaries and just the the themes of identity and power that jumped out there. Um, uh, that was, I think, uh, key for me, and that's that's part of what I wanted to share and what I felt God laying on my heart and. I think in the you know past uh, year and a half for myself, I've made a, a significant career change. Uh, still within the the Canadian Armed Forces, but I switched from my previous occupation into uh, chaplaincy, and, and even uh, going through some of that transition. Just I guess the change in you know the hat that I'm wearing and, and uh, changes in identity throughout that process has been things that I've uh, reflected on over the past year and a half. So as an opportunity to, uh, I guess, speak a little bit from that uh, area as well.
0: In what ways has um, God's Word been anchoring you, or or did you find yourself coming back to God's Word as you were doing experiencing that that shift in, in job?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, uh, as I said, I, I, I've been serving in the Canadian Armed Forces for a while, and my last uh, posting pr- prior to coming here was down in the States. And... Uh, working as part of NORAD and I think that was where I really felt called into ministry and, and the call into chaplaincy where? and I, I found it uh, to be a challenge uh, because I had a you know a certain career tra- trajectory that I was on and to step out of that was um, gonna be to step into some uncertainty so yeah uh, I approached that decision with some trepidation and and eventually um, kind of embraced it. And God has been faithful throughout. So just being able to hold on to uh, God's faithfulness as uh, I experienced, I guess, some uncertainty in my own identity has been uh, good throughout the past year and a half.
0: I imagine there was a moment where you had to let go of the bar on one side and you're in midair, weightless, and you haven't the bar hasn't hit your hands on the other side for you to catch. And it's just sort of this, Oh, I hope this works out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's right.
1: Yeah. I remember, um, if I had to pinpoint, I guess what that letting go of the bar moment might, would have been. It's, it's probably when I uh, approached my boss who had, I would say invested a significant amount of his own personal time and energy in, uh, mentoring me and, Developing me in my old occupation. And right. um, and I definitely appreciated uh, all of that time that he had spent with me. But uh, going to him and, and saying that I was going to kind of give all that up and, and move on to where I felt God calling me was uh, a little bit terrifying. <laughs>
0: wow. What was, how was the response? Because was he a man of faith as well? No, he was not. Was that strange but, uh,
1: Interestingly, Uh, even though he was not a man of faith he he did make the comment that that if I was wanting to switch to any other occupation he'd fight me on it but uh, he didn't feel like he could fight with God so he was happy for me interesting wow
0: how did you can I just probe a little bit so we often use this phrase we felt called how did you how did you know that was a call or how did you how did you receive that call
1: yeah well I I think uh for me, I just I, I felt it on my heart that that's where God wanted me to go, and uh, so of course I resisted it for a long time and hoped it would go away, but it never really did. So
0: how did you hear about yeah. military chaplaincy? Like, was that sort of how it got stirred up that you heard about that role or saw it in in action?
1: Well, that I mean, I, I guess that dates way back to when I first joined the military and uh, going to basic training and being introduced to all of the different merc- uh, military personalities at basic training. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of them that are not overly kind while you're there. Uh, mm-hmm. but the chaplain is one that uh, is always walking around with a smile and he's always happy to be, uh, you know, just able to uh, connect with people and, and uh, minister to people just by uh, having conversations with them. So I, I think at the time, maybe without recognizing it, seeds were probably planted then. Wow. Um, uh, and then years later, just, uh, seeing the different opportunities to, uh, switch into different occupations, I think, uh, provided some water on those seeds. And then, um, it just, the time came up where, uh, I felt like it was the right time to uh, continue to pursue that. It was, it was really interesting how things worked out because while we were posted down in, in the United States in a town called Rome, New York, um, that was the first Alliance church that we attended when we were there. And there just happened to also be in that town and Alliance Bible camp. So, uh, we would, you know, we were attending this Alliance church and, uh, then in the summer we had opportunities to go to the Alliance family Bible camp. And, uh, I think at both of those locations is where the, uh, where I really felt God calling me to switch occupations.
0: Huh, That's really interesting, Brad. Um, let me just think if there was anything else I wanted to ask you about that. Do you have something you want to chip in, Brian? You look like you're yeah. about to speak.
2: So I, I, you know, we don't know the rules here. I don't know if I'm allowed to ask questions or yeah, not. Yeah, yeah. But I, 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 love this story about feeling. You know, in the midst of um, your basic training, though not everyone's kind, but somehow this one guy who's a chaplain sticks out, and you figure the pla- like. Like seeds are planted by by doing simple thing like having a decent attitude or being kind to people in the midst of a situation. Mm -hmm. How one person's attitude can actually shape somebody's life, really. That's what you're talking about, right? Like this trajectory leads to thinking about military chaplaincy, which leads to a career change, which leads to where you're at now. And I'm just kind of struck by uh, the simplicity of what that looks like how God uses these simple things to really significantly shape and influence lives. Cause that
0: person wasn't doing anything out of the ordinary in their day. They were just showing kindness.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And so I, I, I guess I just, I feel like that's an opportunity for us to talk about what are the simple things that, that are, are part of our, our world today that we have no idea even shape. I think we all have those stories where it was like somebody did something that was just, just genuinely being a kind person, but in a moment of crisis or in a moment of despair, it it mm. it hit me. God used that moment to to speak something really profound. Mm. I don't know if that's a question or just an observation,
0: mm.
2: but but I think it's significant. Right.
0: Is that the job that you do now? You walk around and you show kindness to people during basic training, or not yet?
1: <laughs> not yet. So that the the chaplain. And, and I wouldn't even remember the guy's name, but he was the chaplain at uh, saint jean sur Richelieu, where basic training is held. Uh, so right now, uh, for me, um, after switching occupations, the military uh, sponsors me for full-time education. Uh, which is what I'm doing currently at Briarcrest Seminary, okay. uh, and then I'll I'll be working for two years full time at the church uh, to work through the ordination process.
0: Does church, MJack, we get that's, to keep you.
1: That's the that's the plan. As long as you'll have that's me, a... I guess <laughs> we'll have <laughs> we'll have you. <laughs> and then uh, following that, I'll get the opportunity to spread some joy potentially at basic training.
0: <laughs> okay, where in Canada is basic training held? Is it in Canada, or you'd be going elsewhere?
1: Uh, so, basic training. Uh, you're testing my, my, uh, uh, military knowledge now, I guess for the most part, I don't want to say with any, you know, 100% certainty, but for the most part, people do their basic training in St. Jacques or Richelieu, uh, Quebec, okay. uh, which is just south of Montreal. Um, there has been, you know, for, for different occupations or potentially for the reserves, there's other locations across Canada, but it's uh, usually done in Quebec.
0: Do you spend any time in your job these days at the at the base outside of Moose Jaw?
1: Um, not much. the, the uh, My main employment currently is as a student uh, training to become a chaplain.
0: Okay. Well, that is really neat. Um, well, I think that's all that I, I had to chat about, and I don't want to keep people too long. I know that they have uh, things they want to go on and do, get their supper ready, and get on with their day. Um, so... Should we call that good?
2: Let's call it good.
0: Good. This has been lovely. Thank you for sharing, uh, both of you. And thanks to you listeners for tuning in. Uh, Next week, we're going to have a couple middle schoolers with us to talk about getting along with your siblings during a pandemic. Yes, your very own Nevin and Nora Runnels will be with us. And, of course, we're going to have a conversation with Tristan Norton who's up to share the message out of Ephesians 2 and 3 this Sunday via live stream. We would love to have you join us for that. Um, Let's take a moment to pray a blessing together. If you've been busy doing your dishes or sweeping your floors while you listen, find a quiet spot or just take a good centering breath wherever you are. Jesus, we look to you today to provide for our daily needs. And we call on your love, your goodness, your power and peace to be at work in our lives, in our homes, in our neighborhoods, and on the front lines. We pray for you to be at work in hospitals, in care homes, at grocery stores, and on farms. Strengthen and encourage every person who's faced with difficult circumstances today. Thank you that even though we can't be together in person, you're with each one of us, close as our breath. Please give us that hug we've all been so badly missing these days. Amen. Amen. That's our show. Tune in Wednesday next week for the next episode of MJAT Conversations. Send us stories of how you're staying connected in this unprecedented time by using the MJAC email, office at mjack.org, or calling the office or Facebook messaging me. I just want to say a big thanks to our producer, Trevor DeVries, uh, for making this happen today. Bye-bye.